Welcome to Ask the Expert, an award-winning daily series from 8.30 to 9am to help small businesses. If you have any questions, please do ask them in the comments below or use the hashtag QBATE on Twitter. If you need any more advice, join the official Intuit QuickBooks SMB community group on Facebook, where accountants and business experts are on hand 24-7. During this live session, we will be running a poll, so please do engage with it, and I will reveal the results at the end. Um, so thank you so much to everyone for joining me again today. Um, my name is Ariona. I am the Managing Director of Majors Accounts. Um, in terms of my background, I am a Qualified Chartered Certified Accountant for the ACCA. I also have achieved Masters in Accounting and Finance and in Law and International Banking and Finance. And I've recently completed a Graduate Diploma with the University of Oxford in Strategic Finance study side of things I think are done. Um, I have also um, become recently a member of the ACCA's UK network panel member and ACCA's global SME uh, forum member. Now I've been working in practice for the last 13 years or so alongside my studies which I think has been great in really ensuring that I've enhanced my studies um, with the experience from small practice where you really get to see everything um, you know how a business works how it functions its pain points uh, find out what its objectives and goals are and find ways to kind of help those business owners achieve those or resolve issues that you know they need so who are majors accounts we are a small family-run accountancy practice based in southeast london uh, we're providing support mainly to the sme space so or owner managed businesses um, whether they're self-employed or limited companies in a wide range of industries some being construction hospitality sector so restaurants takeaways um, hairdressers barbers nurseries financial services as well, and IT, and, and quite a few more. Uh, since becoming managing director of Majors Accounts, I have spearheaded and implemented a digitalization strategy uh, with the idea of becoming a paperless office. And I'm proud to say that we are a QuickBooks-only practice, um, QuickBooks Online, so we have become somewhat gurus in this space. And now everything that we do here is done online using an array of different apps that all feed into QuickBooks, creating a more elevated experience, not just for our clients uh, in becoming more efficient, um, but also for our staff. So using the latest, you know, cutting edge technology to ensure that, that the work is being done as accurately and as efficiently as possible. So now clients do not actually need to come and see us at the office uh, anymore. So there's a convenience and time saving there. And it allows for our national and soon to be international um, reach. And we have clients from Ireland all the way down to the Isle of Wight. And the idea that we had with this process was to bring that client accountant relationship closer. We are a family-run practice, uh, so we, tr we try to treat um, our staff and our clients like family alike, and we believe that this being one of our core values really helps to build such a positive rapport um, with all clients and staff, and to give a more personalised service, um, you know, coupled with expertise built up over the years. So it's the idea that technology brings us closer, not puts a puts a, a robot shall we say in place but actually it facilitates 
us to be able to have a lot more contact with our clients than we have previously. Now, our efforts haven't gone unnoticed. Uh, Majors accounts have been nominated for Independent Firm of the Year uh, by the British Accountancy Awards for the last two years in a row. Um, I have also been nominated myself for Top 50 Women in Accounting and for three awards by the Women in Finance and Accountancy Awards 2020. We've also been featured in the Parliamentary Review in 2017-18 for showcasing best practice in our arena for the changes that we have made. So, COVID. Obviously, this has had a huge effect on all businesses all over the world. Um, in the UK, you know, the economy was hit massively. If we go back and look at the timeline, in March, you know, it was a shock. Everyone got locked down. Um, businesses weren't able to open. No one was trading, and many didn't know how long we were going to be in lockdown and what this was going to mean longer term. During that time, obviously, the government came up with incentives like the job retention scheme, um, certain grants that were provided to self-employed and um, to businesses for that have retail outlets to kind of help them going at least a little bit, along with some loans like the bounce back loan or the C-bills. Then we're allowed to open up again in the summer. It seemed like we've got back to some kind of normality um, and businesses started to open up, albeit maybe not as busy as before. Again, there were other schemes like the Eat Out to Help Out. Um, I've seen myself in a client, um, their income in August actually tripled uh, compared to even the previous year or obviously the previous months. Um, So we seem to go back to normal. Then we went into another lockdown and well first we had the local restrictions and then another lockdown so if anything um what what businesses should have really taken from this is that you need to make sure that your business is able to pivot in this time and be able to trade no matter what happens whether that means going online whether that means changing your business model and strategy to ensure that if anything like this happens again hopefully it won't but even anything close to it um you will be able to ensure that you are able to continue trading um and your business can still grow some businesses did this well um some didn't and one of the biggest issues is that they didn't have enough cash available uh to continue and that's why unfortunately a lot of them have um, gone out of business but many have thrived um, during this time and now have found a completely new business model and are going to change the way they work completely so recently obviously we've had the latest um, kind of grants and help from the government Uh, I'll go through a couple of those now so for the coronavirus job retention scheme there are some key dates which everyone needs to make sure you've got in mind Um, 30th of November was the last day to submit or amend claims up to the 31st of August and on the 1st of December um, claims from this from the 1st uh, cannot include staff serving contractual or statutory notice period Now, from the 14th of this month, it is the last day to submit claims for up to the 30th of November. So we've got a lot shorter window compared to other months where we've submitted. So if you haven't yet, please make sure you do. Otherwise, you will miss out and there's nothing you can do about it. And in January 2020, the government will review terms of the current scheme. Obviously, they've said that the current scheme has been extended until March 
they have said that they will review in January whether it's going to stay at the 80% or whether they're going to make any changes like they did previously where they reduced the percentage that they would be giving for staff. Um, we also have had some slight updates to the self-employed grants. Um, so now you can claim uh, for the third round, you must have submitted your 1819 tax return and 1920. Your income again must be below 50,000 during this time, and more than 50% of that income must have come from self employment. And um, you must have been trading during this time, but you can prove that it, your trading has been affected by COVID. You, again, you can get £7,500 or 80% of your average trading profits for three months. And this you do not need to pay back, um, but you do need to declare it on your tax returns. I have seen a lot of people thinking that this money that they get is a grant, it's theirs to keep, and, and that's it. Yes, it is, but it is still considered income, so you need to add that income to your tax return when you do um, declare that. But one of the things that you really need to make sure is please keep records as proof um, that you are eligible to claim for this. Uh, there will be investigations and HMRC re have reserved the right to you know, carry out investigations until you know, six years in the future. So if you don't keep those records now, it's going to be pretty difficult for you to prove um, how you are eligible in, say, three, four, five or six years' time. And that could include bank statements to show that your income has reduced um, or any correspondence you have with clients who have said that they want to stop um, any contracts that you have for the time being, anything just to prove that you were eligible. Now, something that a lot of people have forgotten about um, is the fact that Brexit is happening in, you know, at the end of this month. We don't have that much long left um, and a lot of businesses have been so clouded with COVID and how to try and keep their business operating that they haven't taken the time to review what changes they may need to put in place come January um, if they're trading with the EU and importing or exporting any goods. So um, there will be changes that will need to be made and which will affect how you currently conduct your business. So, for example, declarations of all post-Brexit um, imports. So previously, you did not have to declare any goods arriving from suppliers within the EU. Now you must do. This is already the case for non-EU countries, such as the USA or China. And you can do this yourself, but most people use a courier or a freight forwarder or customs agent. And there are also new rules for certain types of goods, so such as food, seeds, alcohol, and tobacco. You may need to update certifications or licenses for any goods that fall under any of these. You also need an EORI number. Now, if you already import from non-EU, you already have one. Uh, this stands for the Economic Operators Registration and Identification. It's the EU registration and identifier number for businesses which undertake import or exports of goods in or out of the EU. And without one, you could incur higher costs and delays. So if you don't have one currently, which many businesses did not need one, um, please, I encourage you to go online, go on the Gov website, have a look at whether you need it. It takes about 10 minutes to do the application and you get the number instantly. Um, now, VAT on goods imported from the EU. I know many clients have been worried about this. So currently buying from um, goods as businesses from the EU, 
purchase from a supplier is zero rated. Tax is handled by the accounting in the UK uh, domestic VAT through your UK VAT return, um, which is the same rate as if you'd purchased from a UK supplier and then recovering um, that through the same VAT return. And there are no additional duties or import VAT on any purchases within the EU. However, from the 1st of January, this will change significantly. So goods of a value of over £135 only will need to pay any input VAT at 20%. And this is paid on the import value, including any shipping costs and duties. So total VAT may be higher than the equivalent domestic VAT. And HMRC will send a C79 certificate um, for the input VAT declared on the EORI registered person. Without this certificate, you cannot claim or recover the VAT. And for shipments under £135, the seller needs to register themselves for VAT in the UK and charge you UK VAT. This could have a massive impact on cash flow um, because the VAT will need to be paid up front, uh, but then it will be claimed, obviously, in the next VAT return. Possible tariffs on EU goods as well. So for anything over £135, you may also have to pay an EU tariff, which could be anything up to 10% on the value of the goods. As no trade deal has been established yet, um, it's likely that you will pay standard third country tariffs. And obviously, if a deal was struck, then this could change. As a result, many shipping services will charge an additional fee for handling taxes and tariffs. So before you start doing this, there are a few questions that you, know, you need to ask yourselves. One, where am I purchasing from? Are you purchasing from the EU, UK or elsewhere? Is there an alternative UK distributor available for the same products that you're currently importing? If there isn't, check the EU supplier will put your EORI number on um, the invoices and include them in the declarations uh, because you will need this in order to claim back any VAT that you pay. And what does the price you are paying include? Will you have to pay import VAT and duties yourself or is that included in that price? And lastly, what other additional charges are there? If liable for duties, please do ask the supplier for the HS6 code. Um, it's called for each product, so you can look up how much the duties will be for each one, so you can kind of estimate your cost beforehand. Uh, I see the questions are coming in now, so I'm going to start taking those now. We have a question from Teddy from Twitter, who says, Hi, I have some supplies based out of Northern Ireland. Will Brexit affect me? My suppliers haven't been able to confirm anything to me. So there have there has been a lot of talk with Ireland. We're not really sure what's going on there. Um, seeing as they haven't been able to confirm either, I would suggest possibly get the EORI number just in case. As I said, it only takes 10 minutes. We've done those registrations on behalf of our clients and they got the number straight away. Um, so it is a pretty simple procedure, but I would say get it anyway just in case. And then if you are surprised at the border, you have that available um, and you won't lose out on anything. Um, David from Facebook, uh, he says, can I defer customs declarations till I'm prepared for the whole Brexit situation? 40% of my supplies are from the EU. So there are actually, they have said that you can defer 
um, customs declarations for up to six months from 1st of January. Uh, that's to kind of help the burden of the administrative load that everyone will be having and whilst everyone gets used to the new changes. Um, but if in order to confirm if you're eligible or not for that, please do go on the Gov website and they will have a breakdown of who can and who can't defer. Um, but please check that out as soon as possible. But that, that is available for six months. Um, we have a question from Helena from Instagram who says, good morning, my shop is in tier three and I will have to continue to keep it closed. I have already been receiving payment under the local restriction support grant. Will I need to apply again for it or will I continue getting the payment? So I would suggest that you do still need to apply for it. So it's going to be the same application to your local council. And the reason I say that is because, um, you know, councils at the minute, they're all over the place and they won't be able to necessarily confirm if you're open or not. They will want to have um, that audit trail to confirm the money that they're providing is legitimately um, available, should be available and eligible to uh, their customers. So I would suggest go on the website again, fill out the application again. Hopefully it doesn't take too long either and they will have all your details and it'll be pretty simple to verify and they'll make that payment to you again. Um, we have a question from Mariah from Instagram who says, where can I find all the customs related information online? I checked the Gov website, but they have an irritating questionnaire which needs to be filled out. Um, it is on the Gov website. I was actually on it last night. Um, I don't know the exact link um, for the for the exact address, but on our, our own app, we have all this information with links to each part uh, that you may need. So if you have time, maybe download our app um, and you'll be able to find all that information on there with direct links so you don't have to be searching through the internet as much. Um, we have a question from Irfan from Facebook who says, Hi, Irina, do I need to pay taxes for the local restrictions grant? I've not made a profit for two quarters now. Someone told me only businesses with profit need to pay the tax. So the grants are still counted as income, unfortunately. Um, so when you do your company or personal accounts, whatever it is, uh, whether you're self-employed or a limited company, you will need to include that on the top line. Um, and if there is any profit with any expenses after taking into consideration the grants you've had, then you will need to pay tax at the rate that is relevant to you. Unfortunately, um, that's just the way it is. It is a grant, you don't have to pay it back, but any tax um, on profits will still be due to be paid. Uh, we have a question from Percy from Twitter who says, hello, I've not been trading as self-employed for the last two months because I lost all my projects. Do you think my uh, self-employed application will be accepted? I have been looking for business but haven't closed any yet. I would say yes. Um, you're able to prove that you've been trying to find um, trade as much as you can, but it's not coming in. There's not much you can do. And you, as long as you fulfill the criteria that you have had your last two years tax returns submitted um, and you can take an average of the two years to uh, to claim any money from the government, then you should be fine to claim. The other thing is with the self-employed grant, if this is the first time you're claiming, you still can claim. Some people thought that if they haven't claimed before, then they won't be eligible for this one, but you are eligible um, whether you've claimed before or not. So definitely go ahead. You should be fine with claiming that. 
We have a question from Elmo from Facebook who says, how do I prove that my business is adversely affected by COVID? There has been a 40% reduction in fee that I have collected from clients in the last months. Will the payment receipts suffice? So yeah, that should be fine. Um, anything like your bank statements, your sales ledger, you're able to prove that your invoicing has gone down, the money that you've received in has drastically gone down um, compared to say the previous period or previous year. Um, maybe if you have any correspondence with potential customers that have said, listen, I'm going to have to park this right now. I can't afford to pay you. We'll have a look in the new year or when things start to go back to normal. Anything like that should be more than, um, more than okay to prove that you are eligible for any grants that you have taken on. Just make sure you save them somewhere. Cause I know that, you know, it seems like nothing now, but when needed, you're not going to remember half of this stuff. Hopefully it'll be distant, distant memory. Um, we have a question from Ole from Twitter who says, I import some of my supplies from Taiwan. Does Brexit have any effects on me? I've not been paying much attention to the Brexit news since I don't deal with EU suppliers. So Brexit, the whole, the whole issue with Brexit is only with EU suppliers. So if you're already trading with non-EU um, countries and suppliers, you've got nothing to worry about. You just continue as normal. Um, there are no changes for you. And I'm sure you would have been used to all of the things that I spoke to spoke about earlier. Um, the only thing is if you were going to, in the future, start trading with the EU, then basically you'd have to do the same thing as you're doing now with any EU countries as well. So to answer your question, no, there's no change for you. Uh, we have a question from Carl from Facebook who says, Good morning, Ariane. I've started my own business of consulting and have been doing well for the last three months. I recently onboarded two new clients and so am planning to expand my team. I wanted to know, apart from the COVID-related financial aid, what are the other ways to raise funds quickly? I'm only looking to raise around 60K. Okay, um, seeing as this is a new business, the um, the covid uh, loans unfortunately won't be available to you but i would have a look at the government um startup loans they're only twenty five thousand, unfortunately but the rates are slightly more preferential slightly better um if not then any kind of high street bank should be able to help we are actually helping our clients as well with raising finance so we're able to search the whole market uh, with one of our providers who we partner up with um, but I would say for something kind of um, that to, to help out the government startup loan should be quite good although it does take a bit of time just be aware of that they want a business plan they want some financials they want to kind of see where you're planning to go with this business, how how well it's been trading so far, and any projections and kind of find be able to declare the uses of what you're going to be using that sixty thousand pounds for. Um, but for a business that's just, that's just started, that's quite a sizable amount. But providing you've got all this paperwork, you know, airtight, solid, that shouldn't be too much of a problem. Um, maybe go for um, a broker rather than going straight to the Hyatt Street Bank at the moment because they are being super slow, um, whereas the broker will be able to search the whole market and find someone who may be uh, more relevant to you. Uh, we have a question from Nick from Instagram who says, can I sponsor Visa for employees who have been in the UK for less than five years? So for those who've been in the UK for less than five years, as long as they are part of the EU, they should be fine. 
Um, they should have applied for their UK settled status by now. They've had a year to do so. I know that there's a bit of a backlog, um, so I would suggest getting them to do that uh, as soon as possible. If they're not, if they're non-EU, um, then you'd have to kind of see how they've been staying so far. What kind of visa are they on? You should be able to um, sponsor them. You need to get. Uh, register as a sponsor as well um, with the government to be able to take on some employees like this. It will be costly, I have to say. Um, it's If you're planning to be sponsoring more and more employees in the future, then it's worth it. Um, but if it's just for one employee this time, you have to just consider whether that initial outlay is going to be worth, um, you know, the employee staying on with you and how how important is that employee basically to your business it seems a little bit harsh but it is an expensive and long process to do and in the end you may get refused um so you'll spend that money and you will still be nowhere and you can't recover any of that from the employee because it's the business registering to be a sponsor first and once you've got that license through then you can apply to sponsor um that employee and you have to see whether that will be accepted or not. There are minimum thresholds uh, on the employee's salary, so something to be aware of as well. But I would suggest strongly uh, seeking the opinion of a lawyer or a solicitor just to get an idea of how long the process is and what the costs are to you. Uh, we have an, a question from Ahmed from Instagram who says, how long does it take to get the EORI number? Literally about 10 minutes. Um, this is how long it took us to do it for a particular client. And the number pops up as soon as you've clicked submit. If everything is fine, you get the number straight away. They also do send it by post, but at least you've, you've got it, you know, immediately. So definitely check that out. Uh, Ralph from Twitter says, I already have an EORI number, but it doesn't start with GB. Will I need to apply for a new one too? Um, as long as it's an EORI number, I don't see why it should or shouldn't start with GB. Uh, once you've done the application, what the, the number that you've, you've been given, that is your EORI number. Um, so I don't remember off the top of my head what the number was, what, you know, what letters it started with for the client that we helped out. But I shouldn't think that you'd need to apply for a new one. Um, surely it'll become a bit too confusing than having more than one. Um, last question. Uh, Oh, unfortunately, that was the last question. I can't take any more. I've run out of time. Thank you so much for everyone tuning in. The poll results are in. We asked you, is your business prepared for Brexit? 25% of you answered yes and 75% said no. Okay, you don't have long left. For those that are not sure yet, please do go on the Gov website and just search what you need to do. I've gone through some of those things today. Um, it shouldn't be too much of a long process. It's just getting managing expectations, making sure that you know what to expect, making sure you've got contacts for if you are importing goods um, from freight services, uh, just because Initially, you may not know how to do it yourself, so you will need that support. Um, but again, any information you should be able to get from uh, the Gov website. 
So when we're talking about Brexit, on Monday, the 7th of December at noon, Intuit QuickBooks will be hosting a webinar on the topic Small Business Trade Dialogue, uh, Trading with the EU and Global Opportunities. You will learn and get support from European small business with, from experts on how to use trade as a tool to economic recovery and growth. We'll share the link uh, to sign up in the live feed. If you have any questions, then please do get in touch with QuickBooks support team or myself um, through our website. We have a, a chat option available there. Uh, we're on all social media platforms, so on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn at Majors Accounts on all of these. Um, or you can download our app from our website under services, which you will get a wealth of information that's updated as information comes out uh, with links to to all the information um, and also on the new section of our website as information comes out we update that regularly so please do check it out now coming up on ask the expert tomorrow is andrew blotch he's the founder of andrew andrew blotch and associates he has acted as the official spokesperson for lord sugar since 2001 and has handled the pr for all the apprentice winners since the show started in 2005 so please do tune in to get advice from a veteran in the pr and communications industry a reminder that if you need any more advice do join the official intuit quickbooks smp uh, SMB community group on Facebook, where accountants and business experts are on hand 24-7. I've really enjoyed answering your questions today. I hope that you've all managed to get some value out of those um, and have a great day.